Welcome to this Leaf Open Farm Sunday podcast featuring the fabulous farmers who welcome the public onto their farm, the farming's annual open day. Whether you host a simple farm walk for a few people or a full open day, large or small, every event matters and has a huge positive impact. We hope this podcast inspires you to host an event this year. Hi, I'm Lucy. I'm Leaf Open Farm Sunday Ambassador for the West Midlands. I live on a 100 hectare arable farm in North Worcestershire with my husband and two children, who you may hear in the background of this, so I do apologise. At the moment, we're running a purely arable rotation. We have aspirations to transition to a fully regenerative system. And we also used to run a successful soft fruit business. We had pick your own strawberries on the farm for 20 years. As well as my ambassador role and, and on-farm jobs, I'm a farmer's week economist and I own my own wedding planning and styling business. I'm joined here today on the podcast with Ali Hunter-Blair from We're End Farm, a 500-acre arable farm in Herefordshire. Ali has previously hosted two Leaf Open Farm Sunday events, and today we'll be discussing some of his top tips and why Open Farm Sunday could benefit your farm. So, Ali, could you tell us a little bit about you, your farm, and what you do? Hi, Lucy. Yeah, um, well, thanks very much for that. That's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said. So that's a good start. We are, like I said, 500 acres in Herefordshire. We rent the whole farm from the Duchy of Cornwall and I took over from my father in 2012. So yeah, this year I've been here 10 years, which is slightly terrifying. But yeah, so we are arable, um, standard arable rotation, I suppose. Wheat, oilseed rape, spring barley, sugar beet. We have been trying to grow soya marginally unsuccessfully so we're swapping that for beans at the moment got a couple of diversifications my wife is a riding instructor so we have a sort of riding setup for her to teach in and then we've got some glamping as well that we've built over the last couple of years to sort of try and harness the beauty of Herefordshire I suppose so yeah that's that's us at the moment and yeah it's it's a nice place to be fantastic yeah you do have lots going on on your farm which I'm sure we'll touch on when we talk about Open Farm Sunday. So Casback, when was the first Open Farm Sunday event that you ran? Uh, I think we did 2014 I think mm-hmm. was the first one we did and yeah uh, I'd wanted to do it for a long long time. I love ones and sort of I tend to tend to do a tour around yep. the local Open Farm Sundays for the previous five or six years. So it was something that I wanted to do but my mind was that I'm an arable farm in June and there's very little going on on an arable farm in June Mm. from my perspective as a farmer I suppose and what I very sort of foolishly didn't realize is that it's very easy for for me to say that as a farmer because I feel like June's Mm. quite a quiet month for us in the build-up to harvest but all the things that we have done and all the things that we're going to do are still bits that the general public haven't seen yet so there is so much to talk about. That's what we found so when we opened ours up last year again purely arable and we were like oh well we don't have our soft fruit anymore which the public loved and what are they going to want to see like we're not doing anything we don't have any animals on farm you know what could there possibly be that would interest them and we were amazed by the response about how every single thing that we think is really rudimentary most people are just amazed by because they've never even considered the fact of how things are grown or just how you fuel a tractor like simple things like that so so touching a bit what would you say with the benefits of getting the public sort of on your farm what did you feel like you gained and they gained they're the two best days I've ever had on my farm end end of conversation I enjoyed them more than any other day I think on the farm purely because you have people usually families to be honest a lot of families we had children and I think that you end up teaching people that don't haven't necessarily necessarily come to learn 
but you teach them in a way that they enjoy themselves. They've made the active decision to come to the farm. So they do want to learn, even if, you know, it's a free day out or whatever, the, 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 the motive might be for them to come. You get to pass on a little bit of knowledge, whether that be jovial or accurate or factual, or, or even if it's just stroking a pet or jumping in a pile of wheat. People take away those memories and those memories last. And I think that's the most important part for me, um, having people on the site and getting them to ask the questions they want to ask. And it always starts the same, you know, you say any questions and no one says a word and then somebody usually planted will ask a question and then that gives the confidence for everyone else to ask questions. And some people are often scared of asking a stupid question and I make perfectly clear at the beginning that there is no stupid questions. That's mm. the, something that I say that it's the opening gambit really, like please ask me because if I walked into anybody else's job that's here, I wouldn't have a clue what's going on. And, you know, it would be foolish for me to assume that because everybody eats, they should know the ins and outs of that. So yeah, having people on site and just, you know, smiling families walking around. We had amazing weather for the two that we did, which makes a huge mm. difference. And that was always a concern on, a, on an arable farm as well. We haven't got big open sheds with animals in them. So I was always slightly terrified of the weather uh, as I am every day. Um, <laughs> that's sort of the story of my life. It just fills me with joy. And uh, it was, yeah, single-handedly the best two days I've ever had on my farm. Amazing, yeah. we. Look, we found people, you know, would warm up with the questions and it was always towards the end of the day where suddenly everybody was just, it was question after question after question. And children just have the most amazing questions as well. Like the questions that some children ask you, I'm like, wow, you're so clever. Like, I wouldn't even think of that question. People loved getting in the tractors. We had tractors out so people could get in them. And it was always a dad's being like, oh, go on, you get in the tractor. I'll have to accompany you. Yeah. Um, because really they want to sit in the tractor because they've never sat in one before and you know that's just such a novel thing so yeah we got huge benefit and it was just nice because the thing from the we had lots of families visit us and then also from our perspective we had the whole family involved in organizing the day as well and our extended family came in as well so it was just a really nice thing to kind of get together and celebrate a bit about how lucky we are as well to have this as our livelihood and to share that with other people as you talked about how great it'd been to get the public on farm and the benefit for people from a bit of a selfish perspective would you say there's any kind of there was like uh, that motive of did it help you in your farm business at all was there any kind of motive to get the public on sides I know that we like opening up for open farm Sunday because as I said we used to have our soft fruits which we don't have anymore and we know that at some point in the future we want to have the public on farm again for some form of diversification and we basically want to keep our name in the local community and open farm Sunday is that fantastic reason to open the gates and get everybody in but for us we get the huge benefit that we're getting our name out there in the local community and we're kind of getting people used to the idea of coming up to our farm. So when we started, we didn't really have any, like the first one we did, we didn't have any diversifications mm. at all. So as a pure arable farm selling commodity crops, I suppose there wasn't a huge advantage to having people on farm apart from, you know, everything else I talked mm. about. I love talking to people. That's pretty much, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy doing. It's one of the things that I've always enjoyed doing. Getting me to shut up is a very hard part. So <laughs> if I can invite people into my own farm and then bore them rigid for a couple of hours, but they've had a great day out, then, you know, for me, that's really important. And, and for me, it, it is important that we tell our story. I think it's important that people understand what happens on a modern farm because you know the, the pitch books I've got a two-year-old daughter as well and you go through the old farming books and it's very you know all the kiddies books are old-fashioned farming because it's it's that nostalgic view and 
it's it's lovely like the realities of modern day arable farming are dull frankly you know i sit in a tractor for a few hours a day the tractor drives itself and i then get out of the tractor you know that's that's it okay there's, there's lots of other bits that go on but the reality of modern day arable farming is in a big tractor for many hours a day doing very little i suppose mm. um and that was something that we really focused on because we had moved into gps rtk all this and that's the stuff that sort of excites me i love the technology side and so we did, we did, we, we based it on that. And, you know, the fact that the tractor drove itself baffled people. Yeah. And the fact that our GPS, I, I did a big circle in the grain store showing how accurate your phone's GPS is. Everyone has a phone, which is, you know, two and a half meters. And then I drew another circle of how accurate uh, a sort of a more accurate system is. And then I drew our RTK system, which was a 50p piece in the middle. And people couldn't believe that this massive tractor that was parked mm. next to them, that they were climbing all over, could drive itself to within a 50 pence piece all day, every day. And it, you know that, that blew people's minds because they didn't really, they'd heard about GPS and obviously everyone's got sat now, but they didn't realize that the, the level of accuracy that we are now using. And that was something that people loved, you know, people absolutely loved that. And I spent a lot of time worrying about what we were gonna do and putting things on. We had we had one tractor full of balloons. It was a guess the balloon game for charity. And, and if you won, you ended up, you won a, a local meal in one of our local restaurants. Um, we had Frontier came down and they put on this display of like um, where food comes from. And like they had your everyday products, you yeah. had your, your simple ones. And then you put them into the category of what we grew on the farm. And there was the really simple ones like Weetabix and things like that. And then there's some more complicated ones that you go, oh, I don't think I know the answer to that. So that was really interesting. And then we had a pile of wheat in the corner and the only thing that people wanted to do was go and play in the pile of wheat in the corner. So yeah. that was, you know, I spent a lot of time worrying and actually it's the simple things that are the stuff that stick. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we found exactly the same thing. We didn't, we just had small, actually old strawberry punnets, but with different seed and different grain in. And we thought, oh, this is such a boring display, but the children were there for ages, just raking through it with their hands, yeah. just amazed by it. Yeah, it really is the simple things I, we found on the day that were just the most successful. And we were worrying for ages like yourself that we didn't have enough exciting stuff. We had, we had a few, I had a few pigs at the time. I still like my pigs. Mum had a sheep on the first time and actually yeah. our neighbours, the brewers are a dairy farm. So they bought um, a couple of calves over, which was a bit of a tricky one just because of movement licences and things. So we, we yeah. had to make sure that we contacted the vets and everything else. And actually the vets were very helpful. They said, if you, if they move on to farm, then obviously you have to do a movement licence each way. I haven't got a cow herd number, so I'd need to, but if it stays, if the cows stay in the trailer, even with the lid down with a the hurdle, they're actually yeah. still in transit and the vets were really good about it. And, you know, and uh, we got it all signed off by DEFRA as well, because we, we wanted to make sure we were doing it right. Cause we didn't want to yeah. give, you know, we have a bit of a public profile, which, which is totally self-inflicted, but I didn't want, just in case you never know who's going to come onto your farm. And that is obviously a concern that is, and actually we had an RPA inspector that was on coming around open farm Sunday, not to inspect <laughs> purely there with their family, but you know, you do, you do worry a little bit about, who might be coming on to farm so i wanted to make sure that we are clear above board risk assessments are all in place and that was something that i spent probably a lot of time on and it's the stuff that it was a, a bit of it was a bit last minute because you're just thinking oh this this could happen you know slip hazards all the stuff all the signage and i spent a lot of time printing and laminating to make sure that in the event you know we were covered and obviously nothing happens it was never likely to happen but it was important that we were squeaky clean i suppose because you are letting the public onto farm and I do want them to see an accurate representation, but I don't want them to fall into, I don't know, twist their ankle on a concrete yard and everything else. There's just, there's just bits and bobs that you don't think about day to day. Um, and that was something that yeah, was really important to us.
Yeah, exactly. Best to dot the I's and, and cross the T's. And when, you know, the risk assessing and all that side of thing, the health and safety, that's something that LEAF are really good at supporting with as well. So if that is something that you're concerned about, then please don't see it as a barrier at all, is what I always say to people, because there's so much support on hand to help you with that. And the the um, the leaflets, the templates, the, the the stuff that you can get from Leaf is incredible. And, you know, there's so much like if you order, if you go on to the website and order the packs and you go through it. I mean, I could have ordered more and more and more. There's so many like good the, the signage. I, I got way out. overexcited. I was like, I'll have this and this and this and this. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it is. And but they're so and it makes that side of it so much easier because because obviously they've done it for so many years and they've got lovely signs. I think it was Wallace and Gromit when I put them up. The Wallace and Gromit like exit signs, hand washing was really important because we did have pigs and cows. Um, and yeah, it was just, yeah, it makes it so much easier because you just print them and you laminate them if you want to. And that that was it. So yeah, it was, um, it, it is made a lot easier than, and all the risk assessment templates are there. You just have to fill them out. And I think I would reiterate that just make sure that you do. Yeah. That would be what I say. Definitely. And what's great as well about lots of the resources is most of them aren't dated. So you probably can reuse them year to year if you overordered on anything or overprinted. So you had your GPS activity and your balloons and some animals. Like what else did you have available on your farm? Was that kind of did you do a farm tour or did you let people walk around your farm kind of guided by signs? Don't underestimate the amount of people that you need. To, to help you whether that's close up they don't need to know about the farm that's very important they can be friends they can be family i had a load of friends and we had a barbecue afterwards mm. just to sort of entice people to come and help me but just for car parking uh, directions just generally people with a smiley face that will will you know look as if if someone wandering around looking a bit lost can point them in the right direction and that's something that we we had we you know again family employees and they our neighbors the brewers were here as well we had we had a lot of people to help us enticed by the idea of a barbecue probably yeah. but you know if you have to entice them that's how you can that's how you get them in and the first year we did a we had maps and you it was there was a sort of a nature trail around the farm yep yeah. There was a long walk, there was a short walk. We allowed dogs, which was huge, much bigger than I ever expected because people often obviously don't have very many places to walk their dogs. All the dogs were perfectly well behaved, but yeah, had a lot more dogs than I was expecting. Again, not an issue, but something that is, if if you do say you can bring your dogs, people will bring their dogs. So we had a yeah, short walk, long walk, uh, nature trail all the way around with a tick list for kiddies to try and work out. And that went really well. People came back with a lot of questions, which was which was nice, actually, you know, from the signs that we'd done, the, the resources that Leaf had given us, but also the ones that we'd done on top. Uh, we tried to explain what was happening in each field, what had happened. And people came back with lots of questions, which, which was great. So year two, we sort of upped it. And, and the reason we did that is because I wanted to be on the farm, mm-hmm. uh, not because people are coming to see me. That's a ridiculously arrogant thing. But, <laughs> you know, as, if you open the farm as the farmer, yeah. people want to see the farmer. You know, that's what they want. That's what people yeah. want to do. They want to meet the farmer. And that's that's great. So second year, we borrowed a neighbour's um, put people carrying trailer and did a, a trailer tour. It was only mm-hmm. short, probably about 15, 20 minutes. And we had it there on offer and I had it to, to people. And that, again, was something that surprised me. I think I did 24 tours over the thing because wow. it was just, I mean, even I was bored of the sound of my own voice and yeah. I loved the sound of my own voice by the time <laughs> I finished. But that was so popular and we didn't go very far. I mean, if you walked it, it would probably only take you half an hour. But we had it just so that we had enough tracks and margins that we could get around and see everything that we grew just because the rotation worked really nicely at that point that we could see all the bits and bobs. Yeah. That was brilliant because 
in a smaller situation where you've got 12 or 15 people on a trailer, people aren't so intimidated to ask questions. And yeah, some of the questions, again, like you said, the kiddies come out with the most amazing questions. I had a, a kid in a pig pen actually um, saying hello to one of the little piglets who were very friendly. And I said, oh, so do you like pigs? And he just looked at me with a puzzled look and went, no. I like jelly babies. <laughs> I have no idea how these two things are linked, yeah. but fantastic. Um, so yeah, so that was um, something that we changed definitely mm-hmm. in the second half. And I think the Traction Trailer Tour was brilliant. People loved it, but it took all of my time. So yeah. I stood I, from the from the moment it started to the moment we closed. I was on a trailer going around talking. So I didn't actually get to. I suppose I didn't get to enjoy it quite as much as the first yeah. year. Because the first year I was wandering around, you know, asking people questions, all my helpers were doing great jobs. And I was, to be honest, I was just mooching, chatting to people. And the second time I was just on that tractor and trailer the entire time. And it was fantastic. But in hindsight, I probably should have swapped it around with dad or with with mum or or somebody else that knew about the farm. Um, Just so that, uh, again, I think a couple of people did it twice. So they must have been really bored by the time they got around the second time. So that was something that we changed. We'd had the same sort of activities. We got a a neighbour, our our contracting neighbour, to bring in his forage harvester and should we harvester just so we had some big shiny kit to look at. And that's, again, something that people just love, like people standing next to the, the sugar beet harvester's tyres and having photos because they can't quite get over how big they are. And I really don't think you need to overcomplicate it. I think you can spend a lot of time fretting, as I did, about what we were going to show, who we were going to do. But actually, the day does flow very, very quickly. It's a bit like a wedding, actually. It goes very fast indeed. And people just find their own way around. And you'll find that the people that want to engage will engage. And the people that don't but have just come for a mooch about with the kids or just come for a mooch about anyway we'll just have a mooch about and then they'll leave and and actually however they want to spend their day is fine by me the fact that they've made an active decision to come to a farm on open farm sunday is is a massive win definitely I think we found a lot of had a lot of similar experiences to you we don't run tractor and trailer I don't think we will either because we're very hilly so it just we don't quite have the track space either, but um, we ran tours. We ran four tours that went round. And a bit like you said, the husband Ben and his father ran them, which people love because they were like, oh my goodness, an actual farmer. And I'm like, yes, we're not mythical beings. We're just <laughs> <all> humans <laughs> who just try and make things grow um, and argue with the weather. But they, again, again, Ben was like, at the end of the day, he was like, I am fed up of hearing my own voice. And he also felt like he hadn't, again seen much because I spent the whole day like in our main area where we had our machinery display our cafe and other things like that so I got a real sort of buzz of the event and got to see people's faces when they came back from the tours and listen to their conversations etc and they walked around answering question after question which was fantastic I think we're thinking this year we're probably going to do a more signposted route and let people walk around um, themselves and we might do some um, like stations around where people can stop and get information and engage with an activity with a volunteer as opposed to kind of take it but we were different last year we had COVID to take into account yeah. so we had to ticket our event and restrict numbers so we're really looking forward to this year to kind of opening it up wider and kind of letting people I say roam a bit more freely guided roaming guided roaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah a lot but, of signposting yeah, exactly. And we use a lot of footpaths as well on ours because we have a lot of footpaths that the local community do like to use. So it's quite a nice opportunity to take them on those and sort of show them how we look after them and sort of remind them of where the footpaths are and the access that's available through our farm. 
we've talked about kind of a lot of the content of our days. This might be a bit different for you because of your, your social presence, but how did you promote your event? What did you do to advertise it, kind of let people know that the gates were open? First time round, didn't really have that much of a social presence, to be honest. Second time round, had a bit more because the TV stuff had been out. But uh, first time was the local Facebook notice board. I set up a Facebook event, which was the easiest and quickest way to do it. Set up a Facebook event and I basically just littered the local notice boards. It was quite a nice, refreshing change to just having people whinging about parking in Morrison's. Um, so, yeah, so put it on there. And it's amazing, actually, how many people then shared it from there. So Ross on my notice board. I used a couple of contacts in the Ross Gazette local papers. They're always looking for stories, anything. And actually, as not like uh, mainstream media, local media are always looking for positive stories as well. So they're, they're very happy to help. If they can fill a few column inches, then they are happy to help. And they were, the Ross Gazette were great. Hereford Times were great. Um, so I used that. BBC Hereford and Worcester did a, an interview with them. And again, the local radio stations dying for something. To, as long as you're not making any money out of it, we, we, did, we, opened, we did some food and stuff and did it all for the air ambulance. So it's all charitable, which was great. But yeah, they are dying for, for anything that they can promote as yet, yeah, like I said, as long as it's not profit inducing. And yeah, they'll, they'll soon give you two and a half minutes or three minutes to talk about it. Um, so that's the way I promoted it. I put a couple of little posters in the local butcher farm shop. It's hard to know where people came from. I think the biggest shock for me was the amount of people that turned up. And the social media thing, I suppose, was all right in 2014. Then the Facebook was definitely the biggest one. 2017, I did play on it a bit more, I suppose. I used the fact that, yeah, you've got a few followers and you've got some people that will share stuff for you. That helps a lot. But realistically, it's going to be local people that come. People, We did have a few that are driven quite a long way to, to visit. But it is mainly you know, local people that are gonna are gonna visit you. You're not you're not you're not looking for the and that the social media is so unlocal. You know, the, the the followers that I have are miles away. There's a fair few in Herefordshire, but there's a lot that are a long way away. So they're never coming to my open farm Sunday events. So keep it local, keep it on yeah, the local the local Facebook pages are the best because something that's positive and something and to be honest, a free day out for a family is a, is a winner like it's an absolute winner because there's always people that are posting on all of these sites where ours is Ross on my notice board but what can we do on a Sunday in June in Ross and there's people oh well this but it costs you five pounds to get in this but it's this is great or this is great this is a free event you can come and wander around a farm the kiddies will be knackered by the time they've left um, and yeah it's, it's a nice day out so yeah keep it local and don't be shy in engaging with the local press because they they love it yeah definitely so we had a couple of um, uh, local nurseries and primary yep. schools that were very happy for us to put up on their little poster board that sits yep. outside the house. So there was a couple of them and we had a lot of kiddies come from the local nursery. The India is now actually wasn't born in those days, but she's now at that were more than happy to share. Um, and that, that may, I think actually we would have had a lot of people from that as well. So, yeah, keep, keep it local is, would be the thing that I would suggest. Definitely keep it local and put your banner outside your farm and people will come. What was your big takeaway from open farm sunday did anything surprise you about the event is there anything you wouldn't do again i think from my livestock experience i thought it'd be like herding cats but actually pe people just just wander around on their merry way and then obviously families meet and other families meet and they get chatting and a lot of people just use it as a social occasion but they've come onto farm and the kiddies will run around and they will find something they will take away 
a really positive experience and that was something I wanted to make sure that we we created and whether they take away something that I've spouted at them or whether they take away Weetabix comes from wheat or you know whatever they will take away something and then they will go into school on Monday or nursery on Monday and they will talk about it and that's something that's for me the, the most positive thing is the next generation of the kids that's what I want to have on farm those are the people that I want to be positively impacting. I was just shocked to think by how much people enjoyed the day and how grateful how appreciative they were of the time that we'd taken to open our farm gates and make this free event for them the amount of thank yous the amount of gratitude we got just for allowing people onto our farm was like you say so humbling and that's why when i say it's the most enjoyable days i've had on my farm i i totally mean it because the smiles on kiddies faces parents having to drag kids away because they didn't want to leave you know that's the sort of that's the sort of impact I wanted to have. Would you have any tips, anything you'd really recommend anybody who's thinking about doing an Open Farm Sunday event? Is there anything that you would recommend that they definitely do or they think about doing? Yeah, stop thinking about it and do it. Just just do it. It's the best day that you'll have on your farm and I'll, I'll guarantee that you can come and shout at me. Everyone knows my social media. Come and find me and shout at me if, they're, if I'm wrong. Do what you want to do. Don't feel pressurised. Don't feel pressurised that Joe Bloggs down the road has got a maze maze he's managed to get ready in June that's four miles long. It doesn't matter. People will have chosen to come to you because they wanted to come and see what you were doing. So don't try and be something that you're not. Do what you want to do and start small, ticket it, just, you know, and have, have a set thing, whether you just have, you're open for two hours from 10 till 12 and people come, you know, whatever it might be, don't put yourself out of your comfort zone because that's when you get stressed and that's when you won't enjoy it. Don't overthink it. You know, you can sign up on the LEAF website and you don't have to have everything in place. You can just register that you want to do an event and you can work out the details afterwards. It's your farm, it's your story and it's your opportunity to showcase what you do so don't worry about what other people are doing and keep it to a size that you think is manageable and again use leaf they're fantastic the staff are so incredibly friendly just get in touch with any questions and all the resources available there are just fantastic it's everything you could possibly need so you will feel really really well supported on your event and it's just a wonderful like movement to be part of really i think we have probably chewed the fat enough about Open Farm Sunday. I'm sure we could both keep talking for ages on this topic. I know I certainly could, but just to sort of take away, I think both Ali and I really want to say is please just, as we said, don't overthink it, get going, ask for help, tell your story, and you really will have an amazing day on your farm and find it really worthwhile. So that's it from us today. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Lucy. It's been really, really enjoyable. Good luck with your Open Farm Sunday event. If we've got our family under control, maybe we'll come up and see you. Lucy, Ali, a big thank you for such an informative and inspiring chat. It was so interesting to hear how, despite your social media stardom, it was local marketing that really worked for you. I often talk about how you use a 50 pence piece to demonstrate the accuracy of GPS. What a great idea. If you've been inspired by their conversation, visit our website, farmsunday.org, to download our host farmer information pack with all the details you need to consider taking part this year. In our next podcast, Leaf Ambassador John Myhill will be chatting with Jane Loudon from Crown Point Estate in Norwich. They took part for the first time last year and found the day so rewarding for everyone involved. 
So join us in two weeks' time. And in the meantime, if you've missed our previous podcasts, you can listen back using the link in the podcast description. Until next time, my name is Annabelle Shackleton and this is a Leaf Open Farm Sunday podcast.